joining me today are the Omar Talks. If you're joining me for the first time, please know each time I mention God, I'm referring to Yahweh, as this is the name that God asks that he be called. You can catch up on my previous talks on Apple Podcasts and WordPress. I do not post talks regularly and I would encourage you to subscribe so you can be notified when I make my posts. Thank you. Here in the Omar Talks, I believe that a good foundation equals good structure. So my discussions provide long-lasting foundational answers from the Bible that address real-life issues. I have always pondered this question. Is love a choice? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever given thought to that question? If you have, please come with me as we look into it. If you have not, then today is a good day to look into it. So, if we talk about that question, is love a choice? We should think about what is the selection criteria? Or rather, who creates it? Is there a universal benchmark? Or are there standards? Or is this standard individually established? When solving the former question, I mean the question that I've just raised, most people would answer yes, love is a choice and that the individual chooses who and whether to love at all. Invariably, to love is a person's sole decision and nobody else's business. Nobody else's business. But on closer inspection, this opinion, the belief that love is an individualistically driven choice, reveals itself to be dangerous. Arguably, attaching love to choice introduces dissatisfaction and potential tragedy in life. To understand this, one must explore the meaning of choice and the impact of its application in one's life. Choice creates a window of options or possibilities, some good, some bad, which consequently gives room for something other than love to come into existence. This can be explained using two scenarios which I'm going to talk about now. The first can be found when returning back to my initial question of what is the selection criteria for love. Any considered answer becomes wider once choice is introduced. People can use a variety of physical attributes as a measure for when deciding who to give love to. This can be anything like having straight black hair, blonde hair, hazel eyes, afro hair. Most differ to highly popularized, uh, I want a tall, dark and beautiful or tall, dark and handsome aesthetics. Love does not exist alone in this scenario. People don't just create only just this category of hair and eyes. They go into social, economic and uh, religion and family history and race. Dangerously, should a person not find someone to love, they will be unknowingly choosing to live life alone. The bitterness from failing to find someone to love would cause the individual to fall back into something else, like hate or indifference to people, 
Why should I be nice to you if I can find love? Why should I be nice to those I find unlovable? Interestingly, those who are deemed unlovable would also find themselves falling into the same negative pool of emotions. In this illustration, choice has created a lonelier world for everyone. The second scenario approaches the question of choice in love by exploring the human psyche. If you accept love as a choice, then you should not be angry or surprised when people choose to be nasty to you. They owe you no consideration or affection or appreciation or forgiveness. They are simply doing what you are doing too, exercising a choice, exercising what we agree or what we always have deemed as a, as our right when we apply choice. You say, it's a, it's a right, it's my right to love whoever I choose to love. So when people are nasty to you, they are, you are encouraging them to, to do the same. Today, choice prompts the conscious or unconscious desire to use the words, I love you, as a trade-off for love, akin to quid pro quo. The pressure to say the phrase has created two things. Weaponize the expression as people now say it without meaning it in order to make themselves look good, create bond and trust or offer security to the recipient of those words. I have always wondered if these three words are coming from a good place or whether they are unconsciously manipulative by design. What happens if we decide not to exchange words of I love you to each other. Thinking about it, would you feel less love? How do we respond to those who do not reciprocate those or these words? If somebody said I love you and you don't respond, how, how do you feel? Do you feel un uncomfortable from your not responding? Or when you say I love you to someone and they don't respond, do you feel angry? or rejected just because they have not responded? Do you give them the leeway to exercise their choice of indifference or in some cases hatefulness towards you? We are told that God is love and we are created in the image of God. We are created to be loved, to want love and to give love. Love is caring and forgiving even in little doses. When love is understood, being a doormat or a person with little or no self-value is not possible. By maintaining love is a choice, we create indifference and hate on a two-way country lane, on a narrow lane. When God directs us to love our neighbors like ourselves, it follows that if you love yourself, you will reap the immeasurable benefits of loving others. More importantly, you will understand that the best love is the one you know you do not deserve or qualify for. Most marriages, friendships, family relationships, good neighborliness that withstand the test of time do so when love ceases to be a choice that is transactional with trade-offs. You accept people with their imperfections knowing that you also are imperfect. You cannot choose who and when to love. For you, epitomize love. You are love. Short of finding the right words, that's why I've used the word epitomize. You are love. 
your your spiritual nature is your spiritual being it is who you are is love your whole well-being is dependent on your understanding of love and how it works to keep your body and mind when we put choice to love we create something we introduce something new to our body and mind and this causes imbalance this is the things that bring about the dissatisfactions that we feel the the feeling the void that we feel when when we think things are not we believe things are not working right things are not the way it should be look at yourself as love and give in little doses don't don't say oh how do i do this start by giving it is better to give than to receive that's what the bible tells us give and you shall be given more find that there is no choice to love and you'll be a, a more satisfied person i thank you for joining me today and i pray you begin a new walk of love one step at a time with practice and perseverance until you find yourself and the balance that you need. I love you with the love of God and thank you and bye-bye.